I'm out. I'm out the game now. I don't care. You're not the game. I'm out. I'm out of the game, bro. I don't really care about that type of shit. I did just get one of my first plus ones to a wedding last weekend, so that's nice, man. I'm coming up. Now we're live. What's going on, my, I forgot. I don't have the regular introduction person. Views from a chair. John John's out on. Is it maternity paternity leave? When it's the dad? It's paternity or maternity? Paternity. Uh, John's out paternity. on paternity leave. Had his baby last Friday. Congrats, John. <clears throat> so we got Flocka, some semi-annual guest now, and, and Dex. This is what your third time on the show? No, yeah, third time. Yeah, go, the man. second time doesn't count. Though. I'm not counting that one. What was the second time? When I got in trouble with your people. <laughs> I, so I don't count that time. That didn't happen. I don't know. I don't know what that. What means. was that? Yeah, I'm gonna let that rock. I don't know what that means. It was like the, the last time I was on the show, which was the second time. Like Dylan, we had these conversations, and like the conversations left the podcast, and they ended up in my real life. And it was nuts. Really? That's why we needed you here. You could have calmed us down. You could have got us together. I remember. I do recall now. You are correct. Um, miscommunication on all ends. It's, it is kind of funny how it should be working like that, though, because that dilemma now is complete non-issue. Because of me. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I suppose. I don't really know, like, the ins and outs of the situation and whatnot. Um, no, but I was telling Jake earlier, uh, phone sex feels worse than porn. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced it. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced it, but like the regret, like the regret you have after watching porn, is probably one of the worst feelings you'll have. Um, phone sex is a notch over that. So what do you think makes it worse? You know, that's a good question, man. I think maybe because there's an interactive element to it. Yeah, I feel like the the your level of thirst just gets like amplified a million times like now another person has seen you go to that level of like having to do that on well, that's on next school. level like that's next level horny like you gotta <laughs> settle down at that point you just gotta like fucking put ice cubes in your bubble bath because you gotta tell you like, I feel like it would be the opposite no like i think that if you had if you watch porn like you don't know those people when you finish it's like let me put my stuff away and go on by my business after phone sex like we just start talking about something different like we'll talk about the weather or something like that just move <laughs> yeah. on yeah, I guess in theory. Like, like regular sex, after you finish, like you don't keep talking about the sex, you're talking about something else. So is it raining there? Because I just made a storm. <laughs> 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 See, I, I guess I think it's <laughs> raining already here now. <laughs> He's like, ah, it's pretty dry over here. I didn't know. <laughs> you're sick. <laughs> I didn't clarify this. Was your phone sex, was it video or just audio? No, it's FaceTime. FaceTime. Okay, yeah. FaceTime. Where did like where do you point the camera? Because I overthink that. Like which angle you, you know point? where you point the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I do it just looking straight up at me. <laughs> phone sex is nasty, yeah. You shouldn't I don't, I don't yeah, actually, if you're doing it. Yeah, if you're doing it with the camera on, that that changes it. Because after you finish, you gotta be like, "Hold on one second, I'll be right, I'll be right yeah. back." <laughs> yeah, are you calling maid service? That's wild. <laughs> you just keep it facing down afterwards and watch everything go. Yeah, back right. It's a black screen. It's gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's nasty. 
<laughs> oh, it's a different level of vulnerability. Um, Hitting the power button and the volume button at the same time, mid or <laughs> for the screenshot. Okay, I'm done. All right, we're good. We're good. Anyway, well, welcome back to the show's uh, Dex and Flock. Appreciate it. Flock was decided. Started with a bang. Yeah, we started off with an awkward bang. Um, I was trying to think what I wanted to go into first. Uh, I guess we could go into Tupac's murder got caught. But you guys need a deep dive on that real quick. I don't necessarily need a deep dive. I just feel like terrible because I don't I don't know if I care. It's so late in the game. It's like, does anybody really give a fuck? Um, what are we I, supposed to do with this information? I guess that's inappropriate. And then it's like double a- aspect of it. So the guy Keefe D did a Vlad interview like four years ago, as well as he wrote a book. He just got arrested uh, last week. Um, it pretty much confirms all the rumors. And if you watched any of like the Tupac documentaries or like investigation series or whatnot, it says this all the same shit. And it's just not that glamorous of a story, I guess. Um, but the, the fella they jumped, uh, was a crip. His uncle was a crip and whatnot. They were already beefing with him. They saw him on the strip. Uh, the fellow they jumped shot him. Uh, the guy that got arrested was driving. Uh, the guy that got arrested wrote a tell-all book because he had cancer a few years ago, and he had already admitted to it in a police interview the year of when it happened, but he had immunity in that interview specifically, and I guess he didn't realize the concept of just having immunity in that interview. So he gets a little sick. He wants some money. He thinks he has protection from it. He writes a tell-all. Uh, he does a few interviews. Uh, I guess the cops research it and whatnot, and then they raid his house, find some other wiretaps and so-and-so, and now he's getting charged with it. Um, I guess the only glamour, yeah. like, glamorous shit about this had, is like... He had, he had cancer. He, he had, had cancer, cancer, and then he... He thought he was going to die. He thought he was going to die. He, he, thought he, was gonna he, he thought like shit. He thought like shit, uh, and he ended up living. I guess the only like real glamorous shit about it are like... Headlining thing is when he was saying it on Vlad in his book, as he was saying, P. Diddy had a, a, a million dollar bounty on Tupac, but he never paid out. So if he didn't pay out, it's no like cash as an exchange, there's no real crime. So there's no repercussion for that. Yeah. And it's so long now, nobody really gives a fuck. So that was confirmed that Diddy did have the bounty on him? And that's what the guy was saying. I mean, and like it sounded like he was just He's talking admitted. shit. But now that he's actually arrested, I mean, it seems like there's probably some validity to it. This is that Keith D guy? Yeah, Keefe D. Keefe D. Keefe D. Oh, it's always a Keefe D. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> you want to expound on that? <laughs> I've never heard that name before. <laughs> But it is always somebody with a, with a strange nickname, though. Like, it is always something like that. And that's the person that's the problem. I mean, the reality of it is the fellow that killed him got killed a few years afterwards anyway. This guy was just a driver. It are, is what it is. Are they trying to, like, from what you said, use him to get to Diddy? Like, It doesn't sound like it, though. It just sounds like they're just going to arrest him or, or charge him. And I guess it's just going to be case closed. Um because wouldn't that be massive if, like, the general consensus is, like, this? we now, like, all believe that he was involved? Would that change things? I mean, he's, like... I think... Did I he think, just put an album out, too? Yeah, so he's still relevant. Like, super I think relevant, time, so too much people. time's passed to where, like, the perception of P. Diddy can't really be changed by a, a 25-year-old charge. I don't think really people would really give a fuck like that. And you have to think, like, a lot of, like, Tupac's dead, his mom's dead. Like, all, all these people involved are dead. Suge Knight's doing life, like... 
I don't even know like if the people actively in pop culture and like that keep up with it and what like give a fuck enough about Tupac to say like oh I'll never listen to Diddy again or I'll not I'm not gonna support anything Diddy does like I don't think people really give a fuck as long as he says funny shit and does interviews. Yeah, that's true. With the Walks like, with young Miami. Yeah, like he date date a couple young bitches or girls. Call it a day. Call myself. You're getting better. I like that. Call myself, man. You gotta respect the women. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did see though that Shug Knight said that he won't testify against the guy because he doesn't believe that it's true. Well, even if that was the case, you don't testify. Oh, because like street code, right? Yeah, street code. And like, let's say, like, I find out somebody killed somebody I, I fuck with, I don't want him to go to jail. I want the opportunity to like have my revenge moment myself. Fair. Well, that's true. Um, Dylan, just real quick though, your shirt, does that say Trump? I wish. I wish, man, so I could fit in with you. Do we want to talk about political allegiance here? Would you like to talk about political allegiance? We don't we politics, don't need to get into that. Politics are heating up pretty quick, man. Um, yeah, that's always like Trump. It's not a big deal. I mean, everybody has their own political like whatever. It's no big deal to me. I, I'm not catching the undercurrent conversation. Is there? There is none. Okay. All right. Feels like there's one. No, there is none. Are you, no, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> Dex texted me before the show, though, and he was telling me something about your home state, Flock. Um, was it that rapist convicted of raping somebody under 12 years get the death penalty now? In oh. um in Florida today or yesterday, they signed that into law. They signed that show a couple of things into law. That was one of them. If a person is like molested or, or assaulted, twelve and I think it, it starts. I think it starts at twelve. They're like they can. They're eligible for the death penalty. And then also there was something about electric scooters. And then there was some, there was like a couple ones that are like little like kind of weird, but at the same time they all like make sense, which is really interesting coming from Florida. And Ron DeSantis, because everything that that came came out before was always something where it's like super controversial and like racist or, or or homophobic or something. Whereas this, this seems to be very like in line with with how most people think, which is also interesting because he's running for president. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. So twelve and under, they just that was the line. Thirteen, you're still good. Look at thirteen. You but yeah, let me shut up. At thirteen, I feel like they think you should be able to protect yourself or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a crazy cutoff. I guess you had to draw it somewhere. Um, all right. That's a very Florida rule. No, no thoughts on it, Jake. Um, I feel mixed about the death penalty. I don't know. It's. I I guess it's bad. Also, I don't care a lot. Uh. It doesn't surprise me for Florida, you know. I don't know. I don't think I support the death. I just think it could. Go ahead, Dex. You got it. I was gonna say I don't think I support the death penalty in any situation unless there's like DNA evidence to back up the crime. Yes, especially in a state like Florida, where like anti like a homophobic and and racist like laws are already being passed mm -hmm. there. If somebody accuses someone who is um, LGBTQIA plus or like African American of something like I feel like they're automatically guilty and they're going to just get rushed to the death penalty and that part I'm a little skeptical about and I do think like yeah like I, 
I'm going to say like, I don't know if it's 97%, 95% of like all rape, say like, let's say it's 95% of all rape claims are true. Like that's still 5% that would just get murked. Yes. That's a little much for me. Yeah. Like 5% of fucking a thousand claims. Like that's, that's a lot. Like a lot of the motherfuckers is dying off that shit. So I, I don't know if I'm on board with it. I am like, yo, if there's video evidence or DNA evidence, fuck a cutoff age. If you rape somebody, I, I'm all in on either killing you or fucking cutting your balls off, like something something here, maybe somebody raping them. Mm. I think that would be a good deterrent, you know, like every guy, that, style, just... every, every guy that that motherfucking rapes somebody, they have to get raped. I'm sure there's people that will volunteer. Wow. that's That feels just as bad as a death penalty. I'm sure it would, though, like, especially if, like, because you got to think, like, the rapist people, like, it's not just, like, rape people don't, like, they don't just rape people because, like, they're horny as shit. I mean, some of them do, like, I guess it depends on the situation of rape, but a lot of times that's just like a like um the masculine like dominating thing. So like if you put them in a position where like all right you do this and get caught like you get demasculated, that might be just as big yeah. as hell as a fucking ten year bid. By who though? Like who's going to do it? I'm not, I'm <laughs> sure it's mad gays that would rape some fellas that rape girls, dog. I'm sure okay. it is. All right. I'm do you sure get to pick the person, or is it like a who who picks the other? I don't person? know. Maybe it's a shuffle. Like they do a little like a spinning wheel or some oh, shit. Like, Luck at a draw. <laughs> you select a bunch of people. Like you have you have one guy in mind that you're like, I hope it's him. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you gotta pick him out of a lineup, the one that you want. <laughs> they would film that in Florida and put that on TV, and that would be like a whole for sure, for sure. <laughs> It's like a game show. You maybe we get to pick the person that they that gets to do it. Like that's you the call game in show. And you donate money and the money goes you to the vote like American Idol. I'm telling you, bro, that shit would be a good deterrent. Like motherfuckers that's raping people wouldn't want to get raped. And then they, they would just have to like figure it out. Like maybe it would be like a I don't know, you know, but like <laughs> so I, I guess I just developed my opinion a little bit. I, here's why I feel mixed, because like my ethics in life say. I don't really agree with the death penalty because everybody's got a backstory that's probably from their own trauma. So it makes it like somewhat humanized. On the other hand, me and M had this conversation about having a gun in our house. And if somebody breaks in, it's coming after the kids. I know how to use a gun. I grew up with guns. So I would have no problem shooting that person. She says, no, she would not do that. I'm like, really? You would just like find another way? I, I don't believe her. I don't, she's way more aggressive than I am. So 100%. I think M's going to do that probably before me. Uh, I think a lot of shit sounds good in theory, right? Yeah, it's got like it. A motherfucker no, I believe it because I feel like I'm the same one. Motherfucker, if, if somebody breaks in your house, bro, and they got a knife and they coming right at you I, and your wife, I just don't not gonna, and you got a gun, you're not going to put the gun down and be like, let's just think about it, bud. Let's just think about it. While I don't know. And you're like, no, no, I just, you, you got to shoot. You have to shoot. I also don't want. I also wouldn't want to shoot somebody in my home either because I don't want them to die in my house. Like I, I don't know. It's just too many factors. You give them like a, a leg shot, like a knee shot. No, because then you may come back and try to rob me again. Like if I shoot you, you have to die. So like I, it, it's it's just a hard. I just rather not go down that path. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. I you rather take- get out of here. Get out and they run away. Like it's a bear in the wilderness. <laughs> 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 Make yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I called yeah. the cops. I said, I told him to get out of here, and he got out of here. <laughs> yeah. 
only Mr. Pelosi could. So like you, yeah, you would just let that happen to you and whoever you're with. Just take the risk. No, how no? It just well, my wife would probably shoot him. That's for sure. That's a fact. So I guess I don't have to worry about anything because she'll do it. Babe, shoot this guy. <laughs> Get him. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What else we got? Oh, my bad, boys. I was trying to share some shit. Uh, what else you guys want to talk about? Oh, <laughs> I've had this conversation with John before, but you guys are both not on this yet. But in a relationship, does the kid come first? And Dex has a little background on this. I guess it was, what, was it Carrie Hilson talking about this shit? And you sent it to me? It's, it's Latoya Luckett, but it's really it's funny you said Carrie Hilton because I, I keep picturing her when they when it comes out because it seems like something she would say uh no it's latoya luckett formerly of destiny's child she was doing a podcast interview recently and she said that freeze yeah after two failed marriages she said uh when she gets married again like her husband comes first like before the kids because that's how it is in the bible Hmm. why does one have to come before the other what's that logic you know what? That's a good fucking question, Jake. And I've been asked this question multiple times and I always answer it. And I've never thought about that. Does there have I, to be? I think it comes to like a like a priority kind of thing. Like, like if it comes down to you ever see the movie The Good Son? And at the end, like she had uh, the, her son and the yeah, mm-hmm. how she had the two of them like hand in hand. This situation would never happen in real life. But I guess what they're saying is if I had to choose one. I'm choosing you, my spouse, over the kid. Or like in a male's perspective, if the woman is like losing blood or something like that in the hospital and they have to choose like save the woman or save the baby, it's save the woman and let the baby go. I'm assuming like those kind of situations. Okay. That would be a tough situation. And I do agree that like a spouse would come first in any situation, except if it's a step parent. I don't think you should make statements like that if you're going to have step parents. Jesus Christ. That's so funny. <laughs> that should hurt. Like, like I think it's so crazy. Me, like my spouse is gonna come first before my kid. When like already you, the kid is, it's not that person's kid. Like they they really could be like, oh cool. Because some guys are like that. I'm like, oh, f these kids. But like that scares me a little bit. Yeah, that's really funny. I so two things. I think Emily and I already agreed the kid comes first. If it's a situation like that, like save the kid, I, I think about all the time. I think little flashes where I'm out with the four of us and somebody comes up with a knife. Like, I just got to take that L. Like, and that sucks. I'm kind of disappointed about it. Like, I have to be the one to get stabbed now just because I'm a father. Kind of disappointed in that aspect of fatherhood, but I feel like that's what I got to do. Well, maybe you let your wife get stabbed first because then you have a better chance of protecting the kids afterwards. Wait, so I would I have to, that my wife got stabbed, I would have to raise these kids by myself? Mm-hmm. Take me. Take me instead. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not raising the kids by hard. myself. Which, wait, so you have kids? No, not yet, no. Oh, okay. But this still, is another conversation yeah. that we've had on the pod where me and Dylan have disagreed on what is the harder role to be in, go to work or stay at home. Do we disagree on this? Yeah. Yeah. You thought it was stay at home? Yeah. Not a shot. Definitely harder. Not a shot in the world. What What do you think, Dex? 
Wait, you guys went out a little bit. <clears throat> so we would have a uh, back and forth on who, what's a harder role to be with the kids all day or to be at work all day. And I said, the kids all day. Yeah. It's not even, I think being with the kids all day is a disaster. I would, I would actually, I work from home now. If we had a child, I would be like, oh, I got to work in the office. I I can't do this all day. But like, what if it's like, yo, still, they go to school and shit. They go to school. Yo, also, like, what's the family income here? Because, like, if we have, like, a nice amount of income, I can stay home with the kids. They go to school. I pick them up. We go to, like, a little movie or something. We do little adventures, like, a bunch of little different events. Like, it's mad fun shit. Kids aren't that fucking hard. You know, like, people be dragging that shit. Kids aren't that hard, you know? They're not that hard. I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like kids are a lot of work. Kids are fucking chill. Kids are chill. Check with my Kids are pretty chill. Kids are pretty chill. (laughs) No, I would see that. I guess maybe that's where our disagreement came home, came from. If it was they were in school gone all day, then I could I can see that a lot more. I was thinking while they're still babies and you're with them all day. Yeah, because if you're not working, the kids are in school. What are you doing all day? That might be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait for them to get, get up. That's ridiculous. A lot of face time. Get a job. Yeah, don't talk face. A whole lot of phone sex happening over there. <laughs> I'm new to the game. That shit is gross. Um, yeah, I would say, and I don't know. I guess we're kind of past it, but I, in a life or death situation, you have to put the kids first. But that's the only point I would think. Well, I do think kids can't fin- they can't fend for themselves either. So it is kind of silly to say out loud that I'm going to put somebody else over my kid. But what is like, what does it really mean to put somebody like, it's not like you're like, oh, my wife's going to eat, but my kids aren't going to eat. Like, that would be like a life or death situation. It's more so like, no, they be doing this thing. They be doing this thing where they'd be like, oh, I got to fe- got to feed the man first. He's got to eat. <laughs> like He's got to be the first one. To that eat. Shit, then I the always thought that shit was stupid, though. I never I've never really bought into like, oh, the man needs to be served first or he has to like sit down and have all, then all that. Like, that shit is dumb to me. Um, I I, like some like some shit, like some people really believe in that. And I'm a big adamant on like whatever makes your relationship work, have a blast. But I'm thinking more like the aspect of like, um, I don't know if it's one less fun, fun event with the kids and one date night, then you should probably take the date night because like the person you're with, you're supposed to be with forever. Like kids you're supposed to raise so they can develop their own life, their own work, their own family eventually. Um, so like, yeah, you should kind of put them first to an extent, but like, the end goal is for them to go out on their own while like your partner you're supposed to be with forever in theory. Yeah. I mean, what feels more realistic, very realistic for me in our current stage is like this choosing thing. If there's a disagreement between the other parent and the child, or if you maybe feel like the parent was too harsh and disciplined on the child, like who do you sign with? Where do you go? That's like a very everyday kind of. It's uh, hard though. It depends on who's right, who's wrong. You might be wrong. It's yeah. true. Also, like this shit's a lot easier to talk talk to. Like when you don't have kids, like the stay at home shit, I do believe. But like it's kind of talking out of my ass because I don't have kids yet. Um, but like I would, I would think like if you disagree with like your your girl on parenting, you wouldn't have the disagreement in front of the kids anyway. Like you, it's kind of like friends at a bar fight, right? Like. You kind of got to rock out with them. And then when you leave, be like, you was the fuck out of line. Like, you really, right, right, right. once you get by yourself, 
Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I, w- I would imagine, like, fucking, like, it would be mad. Diff- I don't even know how people do that shit, honestly, like, to balance, like, the relationship aspect of it, especially when you get to, like, three kids, like, prioritizing, like, your kids, making sure they're active, they're good in school, they're healthy, like, they're functioning in society, they're making friends, while also, like, making your girl feel mad special and pretty, and, like, she's, you got to make sure, like, you're also getting fed into emotionally, so you don't feel, like, abandoned as well, or, like, I see a lot of people, they turn into, like, just the provider role, and they identify with that, but, like, a provider could be the fuck miserable, you feel me, like, you, you get around a lot of friends, and they'll be, like, oh, I worked all this, 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 and, like, yeah, but like my kids are fat and like this, this. I'm like, that's dope. Like, have a blast. No shots take. But like, I don't want to look up when I'm fucking 60 and say the last 30 years of my life were just constant stress and I had no fun. But I, I don't know. Like, all that shit is, is mad easy to say when you don't have kids or you're not married, too. Like, everything's kind of looked from like rose colored glasses of like, this is my idea of my ideal environment. And it might not that's be realistic, so I don't know. That's how I live my life. Like what? Like everything. Like I have opinions on stuff that doesn't affect me at all. And like I know my opinion is right because I don't have to live it. That's the problem with the country, to be honest with you. Everybody's like that. It's problematic. We have like really strong opinions on stuff that has nothing to do with us. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I would agree. I feel like we're kind of encouraged to do that too like we mm-hmm. encourage one another like yeah the the toughest situation with this whole disagreement thing is so this just happened before i was leaving the house i was putting rory to bed layla was coming out the bath and emily was like calling her over in a way that i felt was a little too emphatic right like and i said to emily like something I said, um, it's okay. Right. And so now instead of just like her figuring the situation out with Layla, we've got this like triangulated situation where now there's a whole other person that has to like be managed, which was I, myself because I butted in, but I did feel like I was right. Cause I was like, I could see Layla getting upset, felt unnecessary. But then now I've split up Emily and Layla to where I'm on Layla's side. Right. And it just gets messy. Uh-huh. Super quick. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a weird dynamic because now you're questioning my parenting. And then are you putting self-doubt in me? Or are you like not even self-doubt in my parenting, but you're putting self-doubt on does my partner think I'm a bad parent or is not parenting right? And then that's a whole different issue. Yeah. And that's especially like, when you're in the process of figuring it out too. Like it's not like you have a manual on it, you're figuring it out, and the person is <laughs> criticizing you in real time while you're phys- physically figuring this out. And that's this yeah. another shit like the older I get to is like I, I, I like I've talked to a lot of my friends and whatnot. And like it seems like everybody's like kind of getting to the page now or like and I don't know if this is the, the case for everybody, but everybody kind of talks about finances when they're dating. Like, like, what do you spend? Not not exactly what you spend, but like kind of what are your end goals? What are you trying to do? Like, you know, but I don't know if people really talk about parenting styles when they're dating. And like no, maybe you're married no, no. for a little bit, or maybe you're this, and then like, yo, a parenting style could be really fucking different from yours. Like I might, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would ever hit my kids. My girl might smack her kid though. I don't know. Like, you, like who knows? Like, what if that was to happen when it happens? Now I'm like, what the fuck is you doing? She might think that's <laughs> all the way okay. Like, what, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? Like, and that could be a whole dilemma. So I, I, I don't know. I think that parenting shit is interesting. 
I think marriage is interesting as a whole because like it's a big ass risk to just assume you're going to grow in the same way and capacity as somebody else. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it makes that makes me think of our. It's the only way to have a successful marriage is to never break up. Like, can you have a successful marriage that's just handful of years, like ten years? Can that still be a successful marriage? And then you called it at the right time. Like, maybe they're not forever. You know what I don't like either? Motherfuckers be joking about like they marriage and shit. Like it's a chore. Like not like like motherfucking marriage is a chore, but kind of like oh yeah, I'm stuck with her now, or I'm stuck with them now. Like just get a divorce, then pussy. Yeah. Like if you're not happy, get a divorce. It's not like you're not stuck with nobody. You know, like if you you feel like you stuck with somebody, that's because you pussy and you scared to move on. Take the financial law. Go find somebody. I don't think people actually believe that nine times out of 10. Like I, so a couple of weeks ago we were in DR, right? I went and did this massage. There was a couple there. My wife was on the woman's side. I was on the male side and the guy was just talking so much trash about his wife. And when I, when I talked to my wife or whatever, she was like, Oh, the wife was doing that too. But like when they get together, it's just like, they're cool. And I genuinely feel like people do that because they feel like they're supposed to like, it's mm -hmm. like, okay to do it. Like I'm just venting about like my partner or whatever, but like, Truthfully, I love this person, and I wouldn't say this stuff in front of them. I'm just saying it because that's just what people do. Trash. Like the whole thing with like the in-laws, where people were like, "Oh, I hate my in-laws. I hate my in-laws." And I'm like, to me, like growing up, it just felt like a normal thing to hate your in-laws because I, I used to hear everybody say it on TV and stuff like that. And in reality, I don't think that's the case. Truthfully, I wouldn't have married my wife if I didn't like her family. You think it's that important? You would? You really? I think. Oh good. yeah. Like I'm. I can't. I can't do. Mm -mm. Like I have to like your family, and my family has to like you too. What about your friends? Uh, some I do value my the opinion of my friends, but I, I wouldn't base my relationship solely on my friends' opinions. I think it's weird when people ask if their their friends if they think their partner is attractive. I think that's I, the weirdest. I thing think that world. shit is so fucking weird. I just had this conversation yeah. probably a little while ago. And I was like, dog, I don't want to know if you think my girl's pretty. I don't really like that shit is weird to me. Like, I, I'm not looking if like I'm not looking for approval from my friends <clears> on like if they think my girl's nice looking. Because I like I and I'll like I'll never say if I think your girl's pretty. Yeah, the shit, the shit is freaky. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, I like if, if you're at the point where you need your friend's approval on if your girl's attractive or not, you're not attracted to that person. Um, truthfully, though, I think that's a maturity thing, too, because like like in college, I feel like we would all not necessarily relationships that we have, but like girls that we would mess with. Like we would all we would send them to like our friends and just get their opinions on the girl or whatever. And then I think that a lot of people grow up and they get out of college and they still stay in that mindset of like, oh, this is just what we do. Like even talking about your sex life with your friends, like in college, like we would do that all the time. Now, as a married man, I, I wouldn't do that. I feel like it's weird to talk about your sex life with your friends when you're married. Well, yeah. If I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna talk about my shortcomings. That's, I just make self-deprecating humor. In that like area. funny, maybe yeah. yeah. But I, I just, I, don't know, I just couldn't sit up and just discuss like <clears throat> what I do sexually with, with my wife, with my friend. Like, yeah, it's weird. I mean, you are right on that aspect. Of, like when we were younger, it's definitely like if you hit a baddie, you let your friends know about it. But that stops when you're like 24, 25. Like you're not like, oh, I just knocked the 10 down. Give me that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, give me a high five. But it's I also think like I think like a, a big transition of like, I think like a lot of younger guys are mad insecure. 
So they need the reassurance from their friends to tell them how cool they are and like how important they are and whatnot. But they don't say that kind of shit because that would be soft. So we do it by like, look how fucking swaggy I am because now this girl thinks I'm cool enough to fuck. And she's a bad people. And people lie about it too. Like they lie. That's when people like lie about bodies that they have and stuff. Yeah. It's just the worst lie. Terrible. The worst lie. I've got a buddy and I've told him this publicly so it's not a new thing that he always when he's in a group chat like he'll complain about his wife and he like tries to make a joke about it but they're always like deprecating things it's like dude that makes me like not like you at all it's crazy like, yeah dude what are you saying here and on the flip side of that like i don't know what like like which like specifically you're talking about jake but um the flip side of that shit is too like I, if don't tell me all the like miserable shit your wife does and expect me to be a fan of your wife either. A hundred percent. Don't tell 100%. me how horrible she is and how emotionally she abusive she is and all this mean shit she does. And then be like, expect me to be like, she's a fucking sweetheart. No. And you know, women do that a lot though. Like girls do that. Like the oh, most, yeah, like trash. they'll talk trash about these guys or whatever. And then, and then like, they expect you to be like cool with the guy. And it's like, how, how am I supposed to do this? That shit happens all the time too. That's why, like, if a motherfucker breaks up with somebody, I always keep my thoughts to myself for a good, good while, because that that bounce back is not gonna be awkward for me. Because you know, like, here's the other, like, the like not talked about fact of it is, like, a lot of motherfuckers tell their girl everything too. So like, they break uh-huh. up with their girl, and you like, thank God, bro, she was a fucking bitch. She was the worst. You didn't like, you didn't deserve her. Blah blah. And then now they get back together in two months. You have to cook out, and she's looking at you side eye. It's because he done ran all that shit to her. So keep your fucking or, thoughts to yourself. And, and also, like, even things that have nothing to do with her, just, like, regular conversations that you have with your friends, they run back and they tell their spouse these conversations. So it's, like, the messed up stuff that I do and I tell you about it, I don't need you telling your wife about that. Like, I'm not saying keep secrets from her, but maybe don't tell her that I was doing certain things or whatever. That's just keep that to your to between us. And you never really know what the fuck is going on either, right? Like, you never really know. Like, I was like, my one buddy, um, before he was in recovery, he used to call me and, like, he would tell me all this shit. And I'm like, man, your girl is awful. Like, you got to get away and get healthy. Like, and then as he started to, like, get his life together, he would tell me all this shit. I'm like, it's a miracle she was putting up with that, bro. Like, you have a fucking angel. Like, you have a God-sent angel to keep you in line and be there to be supportive. And what's it called? And for years, I'm thinking that that's, she's got the fucking ball and chain just demoralizing you, being super aggressive, all that shit. So you never really know what the fuck's going on from one side of the story either. <clears throat> Emily's, uh, or a couple of times I've shared with her something that was funny that happened in the guys' chat. And then I thought that I didn't need to say, like, don't bring this up. And then she would go make fun mm-hmm. of the person because Emily will make fun of you pretty easily. She's not bad at that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just sitting there like, babe, oh my God. Like, and then you're in that office, like, you weren't supposed to say that. Now I'm looking like the sellout. Mm-hmm. I won't say anything, you know, major, like if it was a deep secret or whatever. Mm-hmm. But. I stopped telling Jake shit in like 2014. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. 
I learned my lesson on that. <laughs> I learned my lesson with my wife too. Like I would just tell her stuff that would happen in the office and tell her every, like just talk or whatever, tell her everything that happened. We went to the holiday party. She's running this stuff down about these people. And I'm like, yeah, don't repeat any of that stuff. Like none of that can be repeated inside well, jokes. Like, and sometimes you don't realize like, I don't know, so, so short-sighted, you don't realize that your girl's going to be around these people eventually either. Yeah. 100%. So it's almost like you think it's a safe haven and you could just let shit off and, oh, this is funny, this motherfucker's crazy, this, 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 and then like a year down, you're like, oh, we going to the birthday party, chill. <laughs> like, yo, don't say anything crazy. You just don't even have that like, yeah. like You'd be like, yo, like, da -da, and she'll be like, oh, that, that's the one that da-da-da, and you'd be like, no, that never happened, you know, like, that shit never happened, never. Do women not have that code of like that guys just kind of mutually understand that I'm going to tell you this, but don't say it again type of, I, I feel like I don't need to repeat that. Like, I don't need to ask my guy, my friends, like, I'm well, going to say this, but don't say it. I think girls think guys like play around so much that everything's like fair game. And it's like, uh, it kind of is to an extent, but it's not coming from somebody else's girl. Like some shit I'm yeah. like, my buddy about is a little different when my girl says something to him about it. And also, I think that, like, for myself personally, like, there's this thing about me that I've just learned recently, truthfully through Dylan, is that, like, I, I don't, I'm not a very serious person. So everything I say is, you have to think about it. Like, maybe he's serious. Maybe he's not. I don't know. And I think that a lot of people, like, get around me and I'll talk or whatever. I say certain things. And they don't know, like, what's true or what's not true. So they don't know what to repeat and what not to repeat. And mm -hmm. I think that gets... It don't get me in trouble, but it gets them into a lot of trouble because then I get mad when you repeat certain things that like were private. Mm. That's interesting. So that's a new insight. Yeah, like literally, he told me before he said, Dexter, like, I never know when you're trolling or not. Like, I can never tell when you're serious. And like at the time, I was just like, Well, I know when I'm serious, I know when I'm trolling. You should just know. But then I've looked at certain things that I do and what I post and stuff like that. And it, it sometimes for me, it's like, damn. Like, this is hard. I don't really know what I was thinking at that point. I feel that on sometimes when I join the pod with John and Dill, they have a connection. And it's like they're making a little joke. And I'm like, I don't know what this means right now. <laughs> like, I can't tell if they're making fun of me or this is like, what's going oh, on? I was like, that with him. I, like with him, I'm always like, I feel like that was like a dig at me. But I don't know. I can't tell <laughs> because I can't tell. He loves that. I yeah. don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. Um, I don't really joke joke around that much anymore. I'm pretty like straightforward. Um, One of your tells is when you do this too. No, because my therapist told me like if I'm ever feeling anxious, I need to start like putting pressure on certain areas. Take okay, so you should know that. Flock, but bring that into your therapy, man. Exactly, it's a tell. You yeah, bring, bring, bring that into your therapy. Um, well, it's a good thing that you put that on me. I, I appreciate it. I mean, I haven't changed, but I, at least I recognize it. <laughs> <laughs> now you know That's uh right. well flock i had a more more serious question for you somebody asked i thought you were going to be on um what would you say to somebody that was saying <clears throat> how do you feel the void of losing somebody mm, i don't think you do that's what i said but like it doesn't sound as good not coming from a therapist mm. Yeah, I think the the void's important. I think you maybe you take care of the void. You, tr you like, you know, accept it, you treat it kindly, you don't deny it because then that makes the pain increase like if you try to not have that that void. It's just an interesting concept because people like 
overcompensate when they're grieving or they're going through something. It's like, oh, I feel bad. Like, I, I feel bad. Like, it's never going to feel the same. And it's like, yeah, it's not. Your life's literally different. Uh, how would you expect it to feel? And this is like a loss is like a death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm specifically talking about grief. So for me as a non-therapist here, like when I like experienced like death at a really young age, I had a, this uncle, he explained to me like how death work, works in his like view. And I don't know if this is like the best way to, to, do, to go about it, but it like it has helped me. It's worked for me. But he's like, you know, when people die and other people in your family are close to them, like pass away at the same time or like with them or whatever, he's like, it's, it's, it's a, the person who passed first, like needs that other person and they needed them a little bit more than you needed them at the time or whatever. And like, it's helpful to them that that person's with them. And for me, like, that's like really comforting, especially when like people die and it just seems to be like a, like a, like a roll of people dying all at the same time. And like, in my family, that, that happens like fairly often. So it's like, to me, like what you said was true. Like the death comes in threes or pairs. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's that's how he made sense of it. That's yeah, I can see that being comforting. Yeah, but then he just died recently, and nobody else died, so I guess he didn't need anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking nuts. <laughs> he was good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think if you're trying to overcompensate or or, or trying to replace a void for grief, it's going to be a kind of a a, a very unfulfilling uh, mission. Cause like 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 if if your grandfather dies or your dad dies and now all of a sudden you're like, I'm missing that part of my life. Yeah, you literally are missing that part of your life. There's not like if you form a better relationship with your kids or your brother or whatnot, like that's good and that's that's a positive that comes from that sad situation, but it's not going to replace the relationship you're missing with your dad. Yeah. Um, and I like everybody grieves differently and whatnot. Like, but I don't know. I like. But or, or and also just enjoy the time that you have with people now. So like if something does happen to them, like you have good memories to look back on with those people who are still here with you. Yeah. I, one time I listened to this podcast before, I think it was the Brilliant Idiots one. And they were like, if you really think about it and you think about like your family in regards to like Christmas. Right. And they're like, you may only have seven more Christmases with your mom. And if you really think about it and put it into perspective, that's years, that's seven years. And then you think about the age and all that kind of stuff like that. And it just makes you enjoy Christmases and birthdays and holidays a lot more because you really don't know how many you have with these people. Yeah, I like if you individualize that and break it down to, yeah, because I mean, if you look at it, like you say, max 20 Christmases or whatnot, like it might sound like a lot, but it's not. Mm -hmm. 20 individual Johns. Um, yeah. But like, I, I don't know, I, I, death's interesting concept to deal with. I always feel like if somebody dies, you just take something good away from it. Yeah, if you can. If you can. Or change something, try to make that have a positive impact, whether that's you being more vulnerable or you being more available to certain people or maybe you being um, more carefree or whatever it may be. Uh, try to make that change and, and make something positive out of it. So you can at least look at it from that light instead of just, oh, this is sorrow. This is always going to be down, down, down. This is going to be bad. Now, and a lot of people go like, I'm, I'm drinking a lot or whatnot. Like alcohol is a depressant. That's going to make it way worse. And if you party the whole time, like you got to wake up eventually and go, oh shit, like it's still here. So like that counterproductive shit is just going to snow, like snow pile or fucking snowball effect and just get worse, worse, worse. 
even like overly productive stuff too though like don't like throw yourself into work or like throw yourself into the gym or nothing like that because like yeah you'll see like some positive results but at the end of the day like you're trying to fill a void and you should you shouldn't do anything that's going to like distract you from dealing with those emotions that you should be kind of trying to feel yeah i mean that the reality of the shit is regardless of how hard you try you can't run from feelings mm-hmm. like you feel them but like you can delay it but it's, it's gonna happen Jake, you got something funny? No, I like it. I don't know. I don't know if you're joking. I like it. Yeah. What's what's Dex giggling about? Because you know when you said when you said you can't run from feelings. I remember one time in the, in the group when you said to me, like we were talking, you go, "Well, Dexter doesn't really like to talk about his feelings," and like that was one of those moments where I was like, what the fuck is he? "Like I remember being mad about it because I'm just like, you what?" <laughs> and that's one of those. I'm like, "Is he serious or is he not serious?" Well, I mean, like, that's, I mean, that you got to take what I say half-heartedly because. Well, you told me, you said you were joking about it, but I remember obsessing about it for like 20 minutes. I'm like. Oh, I wasn't joking. I was was dead serious. I didn't mean anything foul about it. But like, also, like, I've always overshared or overcommunicated thinking that was a process of grief and and how that's part of healing. But in reality, that just because I'm comfortable talking about something doesn't mean you're facing it either. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I went through the same thing with a few with a few different topics where I thought I was processing, but I think I was actually avoiding by talking too much about it. Like it was actually distracting me from my own emotions. Yeah. I would think that a large portion of my late 20s was talking about all the different losses and problems and whatnot so much that in my mind I was normalizing it, that it wasn't a big deal because I talk about it so freely it's not a big deal. This shit happens. Life happens. Here's this. Here's depression. Here's loss. Here's addiction. Here's this, this, this. And since I can talk to a stranger about it, that it's fine. It's not a big deal. And the reality is like, just because you talk about it doesn't mean you're dealing with it or you're getting past it. And that shit took me until I was 30, 31 to realize like, all right, buddy, just because you're sharing this shit with everybody. And it was also a little bit of an ego driven shit too, because now I'm sharing this I'm normalizing people talking about it too. I'm kind of helping them. So like helping people, but self-serving at the same time, all that shit is interesting. I mean, the mind is fucking weird. Uh, All that shit is interesting. Um, But on the flip side though, there are some people who would say like, they wish they had the ability to to do what you were doing. Me. Like I would wish that I, at that point had the ability to do that. Like when you were doing it. Like, I wish that I could say that I didn't think I would make it to 25. But, like, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable saying stuff like that. And now I feel like, you know, dealing truthfully, being friends with you has really been eye-opening for me. I appreciate that, man. Likewise. Likewise. Um, What Dex is referencing, too, is when I turned 25, I made a Facebook post at 26. And I said I wasn't supposed to make it past 25. And he was a little taken aback because he he didn't think it was appropriate in my setting. Uh, So we had a a friendly debate regarding that. Friendly? (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> sure <laughs> it was a very one-sided debate it was not <laughs> um but yeah I, I, to wrap that point up i mean it's like yeah there's no fill in the void and uh i mean jake you fucking that's your kind of your life pr- profession or whatnot so i'm sure you kind of deal with that kind of stuff all the time People trying to replace a void with something or, or do this, this, this. Um, it's good luck. You know, like, I don't know what to tell you. 
yeah, my main mission in, in the session is just to see if we can build a relationship with that emotion and change it from one of disliking it to one of, of accepting it and compassion towards it. Because we most people come in here, they're, just, they're like, I hate the way that I feel, or I don't feel like I'm myself as other part of me showing up. And it's the hate of the, the feeling that's the issue, not the feeling itself. That's super simplified, but that's the way I view it. Jake, would you say like your therapy style, I'm sure there's different, but is, is there a lot of reassurance in your therapy style too? Um, so I guess I kind of mix it. I do feel like the relationship between me and the person that I'm in the room with is very important, like for us to have a good relationship. Uh, but also when it comes to using any of my personal thoughts and opinions on uh, an action or an idea or a thought. I try to stay away from that. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you like the reassurance? That was my favorite part of therapy. The reassurance? Yeah, my favorite part of therapy. Yeah, I usually do that more at the beginning to kind of build a rapport to let them know that the other person know that I'm like understanding what they're saying. I just mm -hmm. like, like I ramble a lot and it was a lot of the oversharing shit too and I'm kind of just Sometimes people have to tell you to slow the fuck down. Like, you know, like, yo, what's going on with this week? And I'll be like, oh, my friend died last week and this happened and I was arguing with so-and-so, so-and-so and blah, blah. But that's probably because this happened a couple of years ago, blah, blah. And like probably third session, the lady just had to stop and be like, stop. Like shit takes a lot of courage and perseverance to get where you're at. And it's a lot of effort and a lot of this shit is draining. Like that shit's fucked up. Like just say it's fucked up. Like you can't just act like, this is part of life nonstop and you just keep going and everybody has their shit. Cause I mean, I talked to a lot of friends that have dealt with this shit ton of loss. And like, that's kind of you I'm standing here 10 toes up, bro. Like, you know what it is, blah, blah. And like, yeah, I hear you, bro. And that's what's up. Like, I'm glad you're doing well, but that shit is hard. It's not a cakewalk. Like, and it, like we're so used to everybody puffing their chest out saying like, yeah, I got through this. I got like, it's almost a badge of honor to say what you got through and where you're at now. I got through all this, this, this. But like nobody's ever acknowledging like this shit was hard as a motherfucker. And it was sad. There's a lot of emotions and it was tough. And uh, I, yeah, I think that was my my favorite part of therapy is somebody actually telling me to slow the fuck down. Nice. Think about what you went through and acknowledge that that shit was tough and it was fucked up. And it's okay to say, yeah, shit was fucked up. Um, Yeah, in, a, in, in my personal life, something that ends a conversation with me very quickly is like saying something and the other person going yeah but it'll be all right but it's all good though or like if i'm talking about anything serious and that and that's the way the conversation goes then i'm just i'm not going to go there again with you because it feels minimizing like it's uh just ignoring everything i just tried to tell you no, or, thank you. go ahead yeah. i was like even i i know that when i say that like if i share something and then I say like a positive thing afterwards, I'm starting to learn that I'm feeling uncomfortable with the other person. It's not really about them, but like, I feel like I was just too vulnerable. Yeah, I think we had that initial conversation when we first started the pod and um, a lot of me and John's conversations, early twenties to late twenties was, yeah, 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 I can hear you bro. And what shit could be worse. That's true. The shit and like that always worked for me, but shit could be worse. It's kind of like a band-aid, you know, like, yeah, it could be worse. So let me stop bitching. Mm. Mm. 
I, I, um, I think that's like how I was like raised almost, to be honest with you. Not necessarily my parents, but just, just everybody around me is always just like, what could always be worse? And then you you do kind of grow up and you kind of like, you, I mean, it's true. Like it could be worse. So yeah. then you just kind of like live with that a little bit. Like you don't dwell on it too much. But like you said, that is a band-aid. I mean, but when you apply that to different aspects of life, right? Like that, you don't let it fly. Like say you're not happy at work. You're not telling yourself, it could be worse. You're going to go get a better job. What would we do them? (laughs) But like sometimes, but like if you're not happy with your marriage, you're not looking back and saying, let me not work on my marriage because it could be worse. Yes. Or like if if you're not happy with how your parent and your kids or or how your kids are acting, you're not going to say it could be worse. So you're going to try and figure out what the issue is and help solve it. But in life, when we deal with regular shit, it's kind of like the brush off. But with your feelings, like you're going to put that in that box. Like it could be worse where it's like anything else. Anything else. Anything else, fucking natural instinct is to try and fix it, improve it, work on it. Yep. Uh, but I don't know if it's guys specifically or. or no, I think women do it too, and I think women probably do it in a worse way too because they like think that they're expressing themselves and they and they aren't. Yeah, I feel the same way about like if I tell something somebody something that Rory's going through, and they say, "Well, God's got a plan for it," I'm just like, "All right, well, I'm not talking to you about this anymore." God's plan, baby. That shit pisses me off. That shit is interesting, though, because, like, I think a lot of shit has to be raised, like, or, or, like, how you're raised or what environment it is, or, like, even what you're used to. Like, sometimes my girl will say something that's bothering her, or, like, she had a tough day, and she'll just be talking about it, and I'll be listening to her, and after she gets done, she's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry for putting all this on you, blah, blah, and I'm like, that's, it's just an interesting, John, I'm like, you don't have to apologize for fucking sharing how you feel on the day. Like, what, what the mm-hmm. fuck's the point of having somebody you're with if you can't share how you feel and they can't like be that consistent person to like balance you out and like i'm in a good spot now but eventually i'll need that too like i might have a bad day or a rough day and i don't want to feel like i'm um a burden on you because i'm sharing my emotions do you guys feel like other people are burdens when they share stuff is that really way on you i've never felt like i've never felt um yes sometimes you do when it when it's when it's super consistent i would say consistent but also when it's like problems that i feel like you're making for yourself like i think we all have those moments like at work where you can like complain about something or whatever and then like after a while you move past it but like like dylan was just saying if you are consistently complaining about work you realize like that's something that you just can't put in this box you got to get out of that situation but if you don't get out of the situation you keep complaining about it like to me that feels like you like this and i kind of don't want to hear it no more so if, so it's not necessarily like the topic is too heavy it's it's the person and how they're handling it like if they're putting themselves back in the situation yeah that makes sense to me i never got that when people said that but i guess i i do get that makes sense i that think some really people tough. i think some people's comfort zone is being miserable yes yeah like some people's cool. comfort zone is being upset and being sad and like if you keep coming to me and saying the same problems or the same issues and I'm listening, and I say like, "Oh, what what about this? Have you tried this? Have you tried that?" And it's the same shit, and you never try it. I'm thinking you're just comfortable being not a fuck up, but like being sad. Yeah, like being a fuck up. Like you're comfortable being <laughs> miserable, and it's because like you don't really want to put any effort in to try and get out of that because you're scared you'll fail. And then if you fail after you put effort in that, then you're really gonna feel like a fuck up. All right. So question. Things were rough with our son for quite a while, and they still are. And I've, like, people will ask me every once in a while, check in, 
and it's usually not a great answer that I give. Is that the same situation? Because I've wondered, am I? No, because that's a thing that's no. not that's it's not something different. that you can change. Yeah. Like that's you different. can't change how he's how he's behaving, how he's acting. I think you could change maybe how you look at it and how you like report sure. to the people, or whatever. But you can't change those actions when it's something that you can change. Like, oh, I want a new car or something like that. Like you could change that. Like I don't want to always hear about your car pro problems when you could change the fact that you can go buy a new car. I can't get a new son. Yeah, yeah. It would be like. Jake, it would be more so if, like, you called me and was like, yo, I think Rory's addicted to Xbox. Like, he plays every fucking day. We can't get him out of his room. And I'm like, did you take away the Xbox yet, bro? You take away some games? And you're like, no, I'm going to. And then you call me next week and you're like, this motherfucker won't stop playing Xbox. Did you take away it? No, no, we're going to eventually, though. It's not that. that it's more like some shit. I don't, I don't, like, yeah, that, that wouldn't be the same type shit. It's just more so what you have control on if you want to try to like change and like I don't some people don't have the ability to change either. I'm starting to realize. Mm, what do you mean? Like some people just like you could want you could want a lot better for somebody than they want for themselves. Mm -hmm. And if they don't want to do better or be healthier or be happier, like there's nothing you could do about it either. Like you could stress yourself out about it, but like it's what the fuck can you do to make somebody want to improve their life? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I tried. Like you, like like you ever like somebody might be obese or really unhealthy and they're like pre-diabetic or so and so, and you'll be like, "Yo, you, you should start taking a walk," or "Yo, you should cut the cut like cut the sweets out," or so and so. Like, you can't physically go to their house and take their fucking candy bars out of the john like you could try to walk with them but you can't make them come out the house to take a walk with you every day like yeah like if they don't want to improve they're not going to improve there's nothing you could do about it but you also can't keep talking to me about that either though like that's that's where i'm that's the only time i'm really bothered about it yeah. like don't call me and tell me how unhealthy you are if you don't want to get healthy i think that sometimes that can actually uh propose some change like once they've realized you're not going to enable them anymore yeah like, I'm like, like I'm like I'm like the type of person like I have to be like almost like like when I do stuff I always feel like I'm doing it the right way and then when I realize like oh this may not be the proper way to do it like the only I have to make that change on my own like nobody else can make me do that like I, like I have to be almost like shamed into changing like my behaviors mm -hmm. and like another person can't do that for me. Mm. In therapies, uh school that one of the first techniques they teach you is what's called motivational interviewing it's like a way of asking questions in a socratic way that basically leads the person to say that they're not working towards their own goals and i don't like it at all i i find it very ineffective i'm not going to go down it's tiring right i'm like i'm not going to try to trick you into saying you're not doing what you want that's just yeah. it's baby in them to be honest with you it is and i'm gonna i told you so type of person so like i, I like that won't work for me what do you get from that, Dex? Well, if you'd be like, damn, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. And then you'd be like, oh, man, extra large shirts. And if I told you you need to stop eating KFC every day, and then you end up being in the extra large shirt, I'd be like, oh, I told you so. I told you to stop eating KFC every day. And this is, like, that's the type of stuff even that would happen with me. Like, at one point, I was, like, super addicted to KFC. Every day I would eat it. And then, like, I started to wear extra larges. And I haven't worn an extra large in my life. So this is insane to me. And that's how I get out of it. But if somebody else did that to me, I'd be like, well, you know, it could be worse. 
<laughs> Me too. I love that. That's the perfect close on that. That's a good callback. <laughs> uh, you guys want to talk about something else or you want to go into random thoughts? Uh, doesn't matter. Yes, sir. Random thoughts? You guys want to hear my urologist story? Yes, please. So going to the consult for, for a vasectomy, right? I'm going to see a doctor that two of my buddies have been to. So he's all seen our penises like at this point. It's pretty cool. And uh, I, thought I would know one guy who's seen me and all my friends naked. Like it's a different type of vibe. So he's real chill though. That's like a he, small town. <laughs> <laughs> Like volunteering to do it, you guys select him. Like, yeah, like this you guys is all like pick the this is my surgeon here. Go to him. <laughs> it's like you live in fucking a big city, you talk like church men He's good. He's good. He knows how to handle the nuts. So I go in there, right? And I didn't think about it a lot beforehand, but somebody should tell you before that you're gonna have to show this dude your soft penis. Like somebody mm. should have alerted me to fluff a little or something, like. Because you just go in there, you're kind of nervous. This is like a scary topic. It's you get some retraction happening. Oh, for sure. On stage, and it's you know, it's nothing to be proud of. Like, so I wish somebody would talk about that beforehand to get yourself a little prepared. Because he was like, "Hey, buddy, you might want to, you know, you got to shave." He was like, "But you just have to shave your testicles." <laughs> and he's like, "But you could shave the rest just to make your wife happy." And I'm like, "This dude he was It was flirting with you, dog. <laughs> he was flirting with you, dog. He was trying to fuck. <laughs> wait, wait, he said, he said yeah. look, buddy, I'm trying to help you out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I was like, this is crazy. Like, he's, and he, they really, like, feel around for a good minute. And, like, they, he looked up at me while he was holding my nuts. Like, we made eye contact. And he that... wanted to see you smiling or not. <laughs> That's crazy. And so, you know, uh, curious though when you since you know that he's worked on your friends as well do you ask questions about like who's like bigger between you and them i'm just truthfully i, I think I, would, I think i would care because how else would you know sure i mean i know myself so i know the answer you know what i mean <laughs> coming in last <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought it was, I was like, man, I'm a little unsettled. I just hope he wasn't unsettled with the pre-count. Like, that was a weird, I didn't expect that to happen. Uh, I had two experiences like that. One time they thought I had uh, ball cancer when I was like 21. It ended up being a cyst, thank God. But I went to the doctors, you know, the doctor's like doing his thing. Um, and he was like, hey, I've actually got like a, a medical student in here that's assisting me. Do you mind if they come in and do it as well? And I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like it is what it is. Have a blast. Yeah. Absolute baddie walks in. My dick's never been softer in my life. Absolutely. I'm starting to try and like wiggle my hips to try and get some traction, like shake up, like nothing, dog. Smallest fucking I've ever been in my life. And she just comes over and grabs my nuts and she's like, yep, there's a bulge in there. It's like, well, now I've got cancer and a little meat, dog. <laughs> Bro, when I had to fill out the paperwork, there was like questions about why you're here. There was like erectile dysfunction and all that stuff. I'm circling no, like so hard. I've put a hole in the paper. <laughs> not I'm like, I mean, yes, but that's not why I'm here today, right? It's like, <laughs> that's a different issue for my therapist. 
yeah, the other times when I got a catheter, she was a baddie too, and that was a bad experience. I mean, she had to know. That was a bad experience. <laughs> she had to know. Like, yeah, you're not gonna like you're not gonna put an oppressive stats when you're getting a fucking hose stuck up your meat. Like it's just not like no hopefully nobody's happy with that. Showing Dex, you got a random thought? Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. You had like, well, 20, if I like did, 20, yeah, you, you had like twenty topics. What you got? Something? It doesn't compare to what you guys are putting out there. Like that's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. No, good. but you know, truthfully, the one thing I have been thinking about lately is that, like, this year, I feel like there's been like this influx of celebrity divorces and like split ups, or whatever. And I feel like they always put it out there. It's almost like I don't know if you guys are subscribed to like. Fox News like alerts, but like every day, if somebody you. dies, I told you news. Jesus, I told you. They they send out this alert, right? <laughs> and the way they do it, they'll be like, "Fame the basketball player dies," and you go to it, and it's this eighty year old guy, and they'll put it out there as if it's like somebody like that you know, like young or whatever, and they, they never say the names. They do it for like clickbait purposes, and I feel like that it like it almost like encourages like negativity and like death and stuff and i feel like now with all these celebrity breakups and stuff the blogs and stuff put it out there and they do it in this way that i think encourages separations for like non-celebrities as well because like before i just feel like when you want people to be happy you put out happy images when you want people to be miserable you put that out there and i feel like obviously it's happening but like just the way that it's being like plastered out there i feel like it's intentional well, I mean, don't you think bad news travels faster than good news? I do, but it's like some of this stuff is not even relevant news, though. Like the running but, joke, the running joke when I was uh, like college age in Delaware was like, there's a lot more welcome home parties for motherfuckers coming home from jail than there are graduation parties. Oh, that wasn't a joke. That's my, my cousin. Yeah, like, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> like... <laughs> Sounds like you were uh, shook when Tucker left, huh? <laughs> you're just all shooking. <laughs> you the same, right? You know, <laughs> him. And when Bill O'Reilly left, man, that was like a funeral for me. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, I guess my random thought is I was thinking about this earlier in the week, and I don't know. It's like a thought, but a question. Um. Well, I guess it's just a statement. I think it's very interesting that people that had negative relationships with their parents are like the most adamant in helping their parents when they need something. Mm. Like I'm starting to see that correlation more and more. And it's like the parents that are neglectful or like didn't raise them that like wasn't that active, like go above and beyond to help them. And I'm like curious if it's like, are you still trying to get that approval from your parents? Like, so, so, they'll, so they'll finally be like, oh, you are great. Like, now I'm going to be there for you. Yeah. It's like, yo, at our age, it's not happening. You know? Like, that's just who they are. Yeah, it's either that or, like, too much Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry teaches these people, like, oh, you got to forgive them for yourself and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's not about them, it's about you. And people run with that. I promise you, like, people think that that's a normal thing. Not me, but people think that that's what you should be doing. <laughs> I, I haven't heard a lot of Tyler Perry hate, but that's that's interesting. That's what he does. I'm telling you, you gotta Speaking watch it. or whatever. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that's the show. I like uh, that. Appreciate you coming on, Dex. Flocking. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. Thanks yeah, for stepping thank in without uh John on. Congrats again to John John. Uh, see you guys yeah. next week. All right, y'all.